When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 102 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sport Social, the UK's only dedicated sport podcast network, and also Fanatic, our retail partner. Um, unfortunately, Pete's not with us this week, but we've got a, a fantastic deputy, hasn't been on since we won the Merseyside derby at Anfield, which was obviously a fantastic episode that week, that's for sure. I think it broke all records, to be perfectly honest, so we've got a... So back to follow here, but welcome back on the show, Michael Grundy. How are you going, mate? Evening, lads. Yeah, very long time no speak. I'm, I'm not sure uh, if you'd have told us last time we spoke that the next time we spoke, we'd gone from Carlo Ancelotti and James Rodriguez to Rafa Benitez and Solomon Ronzon, but such is life. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the life inside the football club, there, isn't it? <laughs> but se- seven, seven months on, things have changed massively, that's for sure. And um, it's like you say, you know. Talking to Hammers obviously left this week, which we, we didn't really really see coming, that's for sure. But he's he's packed his bags and he's he's gone to uh, gone to Qatar, which is uh, another chapter closed on, on the the Carlo Ancelotti era, that's for sure. Um, but but obviously we're, we're going to touch on on Norwich. But what, what are your thoughts on that move, Mike? It's a bit bit of a strange one, really, isn't it? You know, we we all thought, and we discussed this last week. We all thought he was going to be. Here until at least January, and then the, the, the talk of the move to, to Qatar came up, um, sort of the, the start of the weekend, and he's now he's now gone. What what are your feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll ever really know the full story of what's gone on there, will we? I mean, personally, I'm I'm gutted to lose him. You know, we've we've all loved to have seen him play at a packed out Goodison Park, but at the end of the day, he's gone now, isn't he? And you know, the whole saga ended up being quite divisive, didn't it, amongst Evertonians? And to be honest, that's one thing that we could really all do without, isn't it? And you know, I'm of the same mindset as I was after we lost Ancelotti over it. I mean, I didn't want it to happen, but it did. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, you're either with us or against us. And he's gone now. So I think we all just need to move on and concentrate on Everton Football Club and the future. I mean, I'm sure you lads are getting a bit tired of talking about it too. I just think it's it's a chapter that's closed now, isn't it? It's it's almost good in a way, as as mad as it might sound, to people that he, he has now moved because we haven't got another sort of three or four months of, of talking about is he in the squad? Is he not in the squad? Why is he not being picked? You know, we he's saying what's what's going on, and I think I think it's it's good for to have that that chapter closed. To be perfectly honest, as as good as he was, and as obviously as much as we we all wanted to see him at Goodison Park at some point, it is what it is. It's it's you know the the, the days of Hammers have have now gone, and like you say, we've got to got to now look look forward. And I know he's absolutely devastated by that. He's he's uh, absolutely livid, aren't you, Lee? I am devastated, mate. I am devastated. You know, you know, I'm a bit of a romantic when it comes to like players like Hamas Rodriguez and like you know number tens, if you want to say that. It's a dying art in football now. Those types of players, and you know, it's yeah, you're right. You bang on, mate. I think you know, um, in terms, of it's been divisive for us um, as a football club. Certainly, the fans more recently. Uh, if you'd done a straw poll at the start of the season, I think a, a load of people would have been gutted. Obviously, if he left, it's about fifty-fifty now, isn't it? Um, Maybe because of the, his antics, possibly didn't help himself on 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 Twitch and stuff like that. But but you can't deny. I mean, he showed absolute flashes of genius for, for us last season, um, including you know in some high profile games as well. Namely, obviously the Merseyside derby. 
uh, and even Old Trafford, you know, I mean, he scored an absolute cracking goal there as well. So just got it to see him go because, you know, players of that, of that sort of quality don't come through our doors very often, sadly, at our football club. Um, and like you said before, mate, it's gone from Amos Rodriguez to Salomon Rondon. We'll come on to Rondon in a minute because, uh, yeah, let's just say I wasn't impressed when I saw him play yesterday live. As you say, Hammers, he was a pivotal part of some of our biggest victories, wasn't he, last season? I mean, I seen a newspaper the other day call him one of the biggest flops in Premier League history, and I just thought, oh, I'm not having that. Inconsistent, no, yeah, but no. not a flop. Far from a flop. No, he's still got nine assists and four goals, did not he? You know I mean, I mean a flop, flop to me is you know someone who fails to impress, and he certainly impressed me. Yeah, massively yeah, yeah. so, mate. I, think- I mean... He wasn't Aquilani, was he? It's easy to to jump on a player, I think, you know, when, yeah, he wasn't available for a certain percentage of games, which was massively disappointing, you know, no no more so than than to ourselves as fans. But I think we'll all admit that that the games he was available for, he was massively, massively, the majority of the time, influential, and and his figures for the season showed that. We just wanted him to be available a little bit more. No, no doubt he was pandered to by by Carlo Ancelotti, and I, and I think the stories that have come out since he's left, obviously the Athletic did a good um, a good article on him, and I think Alan Myers put something out there as well as his thoughts on things. And I think I think certain players were getting a bit fed up with the fact that um, I think the treatment that he was getting, and also they they were saying that sometimes it felt like you know they were playing with ten when he was when he was on the pitch. And when you get into that point, you know you have to then think well. Is it really beneficial to keep him in and around the squad? And you know, and that's why even before Carlo went, the, the, the talk was the Hammers wanted wanted out. And you know, we are where we are now. He's gone. We, we, we apparently got some kind of fee for him. We're, we're saving obviously his wages now, which is which is good. So according to, to Rafael Benitez, we should have some kind of money to spend in January as well, uh, which is which is encouraging because we. We are going to need some some kind of reinforcements in in certain areas, that's for sure. Um, but um, you know, the, the January transfer window is, is is talk for another episode as we approach that that particular time. But obviously, we're we're going to go over first of all the the Norwich game. Uh, great to get back to winning ways after our first defeat of the season last week against Aston Villa, and obviously then the disappointments of of going out of the the Carabao Cup to, to QPR on on penalties, uh, but. What certainly wasn't a game that we're going to look back on, and you know, look, you know, how fantastic was the football on the day? Because it wasn't, it was, it was a, wasn't, it wasn't a great game. Um, we we did what we had to do. Obviously, key players were were still out, but how important was it like to to get back to winning ways, win that game before obviously going going to Old Trafford next weekend? Yeah, it was vital, wasn't it? You know, get, getting back to winning ways was the most important thing. It certainly wasn't a classic, was it, by any stretch? But I mean, obviously, you know, with such key player, players missing, we were never going to be at our best there yesterday, were we? I thought we were just about efficient enough, you know, to get the job done. I do think if we're totally honest with ourselves, we, we were probably lucky to be up against Norwich. You know, I think they're absolutely hopeless. I think they're by far and away the, the worst side in the Premier League. Uh, having said that, the clean sheet and the win, you know, the three points is all that matters. And as you say, after back-to-back defeats, we just I think we just take the three points and we move on, don't we, to the next game. Hopefully, look at building a bit of momentum, as difficult as it's going to be going to Old Trafford. And, you know, to give credit where it's due, I thought Townsend and Damari Gray, again, you know, were two big positives yesterday. The work ethic and, you know, the energy that they bring to the team is absolutely fantastic. And you're speaking of energy, you know, Decore again, and when he gets going, you know, with that power and pace, the fella's an absolute monster, isn't he? Yeah, they, they, listen, you know, I think since the start of the season, the, the standout performers have been those three that you've mentioned and, and Yeri Mina. And I think all four again yesterday, you know, all did the jobs very, very well. You know, seeing the core, played in that more advanced role. Um, I, th- I think, you know, it's a player that we signed from Watford. We said it last week. You know, we, that's the kind of player that we want to be watching week in, week out. And I think the, the adjustment that the manager has made for his game personally, don't underestimate that. I think it's absolutely brilliant to see him uh, that little bit further forward, making things happen. I mean, you know, his, his figures this season, he's matched last seasons already, which is which is incredible. You know, for for goals and assists, and that that that's great to see that. Um, but Lee, I'll come to you as well. You know, we, we'll we'll talk about the Corey's goal in a minute. Um, obviously, first goal of the game was was the penalty. Uh, went to VAR, 
after um, the referee failed to give to give the the uh, the foul on on Alan. Um, how good was it to see yet again Anzos Townsend step up to the plate because we haven't got our our two penalty takers on there. I'm sure it's Arsenal. They're absolutely fuming by because he would have had a chance to take to take a penalty. I'm sure, but obviously Dom's out, Richardson's out. Anzos Townsend said after the game that. He um, he grabbed the ball when he knew he went to VAR because uh, the Mari Gray was was sniffing around it and and he quite fancied taking the penalty. But how good is it to see a player like Anders Townsend who's been great since he's come in take the lead on the pitch? He for me he acts like a leader all the time. Um, it's great to have that kind of player in and around the squad and, and performing week in week out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I actually noticed that as well. I was sitting in the paddock, so you you know you're pretty much at pitch level. And while it was going to VAR, um, uh, I think Crawler put the ball down. He went over and grabbed it straight away. Uh, so, yeah, he did do that. Um, I noticed it completely. But that's confidence, isn't it? The lad's confident. You know, um, I think, you know, he, he played, he, even though we went, we went out in the cup in the week, which is really unfortunate, you know, he, he, was, he was effective in that game as well. Um, and both him and Gray, let's be honest, when, when, when we announced the signings, we weren't exactly tripping over ourselves with excitement. Um, but you've got to admit, since you know, with two key players out in terms of goal scorers, those two have stepped up to the plate big time, haven't they? Um, and he really, he really looks like he's up for it. Um, I think he's, I think he's genuinely um, really happy with the move. If, he, if you probably would ask him, he probably would have said, "Look, leaving Palace, letting his contract run down." He was probably thinking maybe he kind of stay in the Premier League, playing at this level. You know, would he have dropped down a division maybe, or gone to even like a Norwich? Obviously, he'd be played or something like that, but. I think he's, you know, for someone like Everton to come in for him, um, and he's clearly got a relationship with Rafa. He's spoke about that in the past, and Rafa obviously trusts him. Um, and you know, he, he was phenomenal again yesterday. Uh, again yesterday, um, you know, do, doing the dirty work as well. Everton fans will love him for that. You know, he's he's a threat when he gets the ball on that right side, looking to cut onto his um, onto his left foot. But you know, there was there was a bit where uh, they broke in the second half. Um, and you know he, he literally ran about 50, 60 yards uh, to, to win the ball back. And you know, fair play, fair play where it's due. There, he, he was outstanding. Um, but that first goal was vital, Mike. I think we said in the build up last week. You know, Norwich. Yes, that was their was it the 16th game in a row they've lost in the Premier League, which is some stat. And obviously, a lot of Everton fans were giving it. Yeah, well, they're coming to Goodison now, and obviously they beat us there last time they were in the league. So, um, but no, I think that first goal. You can visibly see their heads drop. You know, Norwich play neat and tidy football. You know, that's the way Farker sets his teams up. But um, they just don't, they don't possess that goal threat whatsoever. They really don't. Um, and then Pukki, obviously, just not creating enough for him. thought Pukki's hold-up play, etc., was very good. But they're just, they're, just, they're just almost toothless up front. Obviously, missing Campwell as well as a big one for him. He's, he's, he's obviously a, a good young player, but... Yeah, yeah, massively so, mate. I think that once that first goal went in, you could see the players settle a little bit. Um, if anything, I'm just a little bit disappointed we didn't take it to him a bit more after that, really, because you know they were there for the taking for a three or four nil game there for me. Yeah, we, we always obviously want want more and more, and I think we you know we, we will get to that point. I think as the as the season goes on and as players become available again, where we do. We do take the games aside a little bit more, and there was no reason yesterday why we couldn't have done. We 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 had the enough quality on on the pitch to to do that. But you know, Norwich over the course of the game, what did, did he really threaten? They had a, a shot in the first half, and he from what 25, 30 yards out, which which Jordan Pickford pushed away, no no problem. And Pickford made a decent save uh, from from Norman, um, who I thought was was half decent for Norwich. To be fair, I thought when he went off, I think that. That impacted them getting back into the game, but he had a decent strike from distance and again a decent save from Jordan Pickford. But besides that, I, I never thought Norwich were going to were going to score. You know, it was free header though, Mike, wasn't it? Ben was it Ben Gibson had that free header? Yeah, the, there was, there was. I don't think, I don't know. Were, even at that when that came in, I thought it's not going to score. I don't know what it was. Some sides yeah. you just get a bit of a feeder because, like, like Lee said, then they they are quite toothless and then you got that kid. Is it is it Josh Josh Sargent's the the American lad who's off front with? With uh, with Puki and I think he struggled. He's obviously trying to adapt to to the Premier League, and it's it's difficult when you come into a side like Norwich, who are always going to be near the you know the bottom of the table to to try and learn learn your craft in 
in probably the toughest league in the world, and and that's where where, where they struggled because there wasn't much going on up, up top. Um, but obviously, I think a lot a lot of that goes down to you know, good performances from the centre back pairing in, in Michael Keane, and more specifically Yeri Amina yet again, who yeah, but he had that ninety percent pass completion rate. He made six clearances, the most of anyone, um, and he, he just he just seemed to be, I think. Really, really stepping up, and then in the last twelve months or so, since his injuries have died down a touch, he's got used to the Premier League. Do you think he's he's now sort of far and away our our best centre half, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to you in the past. I'm not a massive fan. I, I do think he yeah really has improved his game. He's been a lot more consistent. I did used to get the vibe he was an accident waiting to happen. He seems to be shaking that off a little bit. Long may that continue. Um, yeah, he probably is, but we're not exactly spoiled for choice, are we? I mean, Ben Godfrey, you'd like to think sooner or later he'll be he'll be, you know, forcing his way to being our first choice centre half. Um, we spoke a little bit off air to me about Ben Godfrey. He seems to be struggling a minute, whether it's long COVID or what, but he just he doesn't see him himself, does he? Um but no, but going back to Yeri, yeah, he did he did play well. I don't think he had a massive amount to do really, if we're honest about it yesterday. But what he did, he he done well, yeah. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll come on to um, Godfrey and obviously Lee mentioned Rondon as well, and um, and more specifically, the a call for patience really, I think. Uh, but in terms of in terms of going forward, I think Ben Godfrey, yeah, he's he's certainly going to be our number one centre half in my opinion, and I think the pairing will be him and, and Yagimina as as the season goes on. I just, I mean, we were very much in the same camp when it came to Yagimina in terms yeah. of we always thought he had that he had a mistake in him, and I, and, I, and I did. It's sort of worry about his pace. I think he's he's probably got a bit more pace about him, to be honest with you. Now I think the longer he he stays fit and the, the more games he gets under his belt, the better he looks. And whether it's because he he's sort of understanding his role and his position more, um, so he doesn't get caught out as much. I don't know, but I think he's better on the ball than Michael Keane. I think Michael Keane really really struggles with the ball at his feet at times. Um, but I think the two of them yesterday, I, I thought. You know, really, really decent job, but you know they're going to come up against against much more tougher opponents than than Norwich. That's that's for sure. Um, but we touched on obviously the core at the start of the show, and we said again, you know, we've figured so far this season are fantastic. He's he's definitely playing that that bit further forward. Uh, but you look you look at his goal. Um, it was great to see. You know, between Allen and and, and Damari Gray in, in the centre of the park, winning the ball back. Uh, it was great to see those two um, in tandem. The Marigre with, with obviously the assist, but the Corey Lee on, on the end of it yet again. He, he's breaking his neck, isn't he, all the time to, to sort of break the line and, and, and get himself involved further forward and, and, and got his just rewards with a with another goal. I have to admit, I think the Corey and Alan actually have been fantastic this season. They really have. Both of them have really been up for it. And obviously, um, you know, the Corey's having the license to sort of get forward nowadays, particularly um, obviously in the second half of games. And um, again, took his goal brilliantly, took his goal really well. I mean, it was Alan that initially won the ball back. They kind of semi-recovered it. And then obviously it broke to Damari. And then, you know, he's, he's taken a bit of time there. That's why I think we were lacking a little bit yesterday, particularly in the final third. I know Norwich obviously closed out very much the centre of the pitch, uh, you know, to try and stop us playing through them. Um, and um, you know, to be fair to Damari, there the, the game was opening up at that point, and he's, he's, he's waited, he's waited, he's waited. Uh, there was a good run across the ball, and then that freed up the core of the space there, and he and he took it really well. Cool's come out there, and he's just tucked it away in the corner. And that goal, to be honest, Mike, was massively timely because you know the end of the first half, Norwich put a little bit on us without putting too much. We were the sort of Victims are own downfall a little bit. We can see in a few sort of corners and things like that. But then um, start the second half, we started fairly bright again. But then Norwich, to be fair, started getting more of the ball uh, again without creating a great deal. I do agree with that. Norman looked a nice little player, um, and you know he, he was he, he had obviously a pot shot from sort of thirty yards. Pickford was an easy save from in the end, but um, but yeah, they were starting to put it on us a little bit, and and that that goal was massively timely. I, I was calling at that point for um, you know even for someone like Sims to come on on up front because Rondon for me watching him live there and look I for, you know give the lad plenty of forgiveness because at the end of the day he's he's not fit at all you know he hasn't played footy for what five months and he's been thrown into a team where he'd normally be sort of 
drafted him for 20, 30 minutes, wouldn't he, here and there? And he's been asked to play three games in a week. So I'll let him off there. But he really, it's not just the fitness side of things. His, his touch was all over the place. The amount of times we fed the ball into him and it was bouncing off him. It was like watching the ass all over again up front. Um, and any, any, any long ball we were clipping up to him, he, he, he didn't win a header. He didn't, he, he didn't win a header. He, 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 I can't even remember him winning a header. And one of the things when we signed him, I thought we'd get from him is that he'd bully a few centre-halves. You know, he's a big lad. And I just thought he'd put himself about a bit. But don't get me wrong, not expecting he's to, for him to be Didier Drogba. But, like, he, he, just, he just didn't... He was like a non-entity in the whole game, really, for me. And there was a couple of times um, in, in, in the first half and the second half, particularly down our left side, where Luca, Luca got the ball a few times and, and, and Iwobi, and even a couple of breaks where Decorey went down the left in the second half. Well, we were just not putting the ball in the box because he wasn't there. He just, he just wasn't there. He, he, was, he was just gassed. Just, you know, he wasn't breaking his net to get in the box. And there was a great ball, you guys will probably remember it, in the first half from, uh, from Gray, where he did a lovely little shimmy, created a yard out wide on the right side and whipped the ball in brilliantly. And um, again, he's just like nowhere near getting on the end of it. Um, so I think the players, obviously, you know, subconsciously when they see that, they won't start putting crosses in. Um, purely because of that, because you know, there's no one going to be there to put it away. So, I thought Rafa, to be honest, after 60 65 minutes, and I really thought he might have brought someone like Sims on, uh, or even you know, he uh, lastly brought Dobbin, um, on um, at 2 0, but you know, he played Damari through the middle, possibly. He, he needed to change it for me because we weren't getting a grip, of, a grip of the game completely. It was easy for us, but we weren't creating anything. And then, um, to be fair, like I said, the second goal then from Decore was was timely, and then it was game over. Then um, that 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 was that was it. They were they were they were done. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you boys thought of your uh, so, so what you guys thought of Rondon. But and look, and, and we all know he's back up to Calvert Lewin. He's not first choice. But I was I was distinctly unimpressed with him. I've got to admit. I couldn't agree more personally. I think you've summed it up spot on when you said he was a non-entity. That's what he was. He was an absolute non-entity. You mentioned Ellis Sims. I think he covered more ground warming up for 90 minutes, Ellis Sims, didn't he, than uh, Rondon did. I had to laugh. I don't know whether you've seen that tweet last night saying he uh, plays like he's running around in a pair of jeans. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, there was was just nothing about him, was there? I mean, as you say, fair enough if he's lacking fitness. Well, he's supposed to be this big bully, isn't he? This big handful. So, you know, rough them up a little bit. You know, if you haven't got the pace, you can't trouble them that way. Trouble them other ways. But it just didn't do anything, did he, at all? I mean, I don't want to slate the lad, but yeah, not for me, like. It's worrying, mate. We go to Old Trafford next week, and obviously the last time we played uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's, you know, uh, team when when he was under threat for his job then at Goodison, do you remember? And obviously, like you know, Bruno came over and destroyed us. Mm. Um, and he's he's, he's going to be under a lot of pressure coming into this game again. Um, hopefully, you know, they might they might you know get a, a win in the week to sort of like take the bit of pressure off him because otherwise they'll have a point to prove. Um, but yeah, if Rondon's playing up front at Old Trafford, I, I really do worry for us. I think we'll get penned in completely. I think you touched on before, Mike. You know, thank God we were playing Norwich because you know they, they really didn't offer offer very much. And um, if we'd have played a team yesterday, you know, with that team, you know, let's just say slightly more uh, adventurous or certainly a more of a goal threat, I think it would have been a lot tougher game for us. So that Norwich game was quite timely, really, in terms of stopping the rot after two two results. Um, but yeah, you know, let's just hope there's an outside chance, Mike. You seem to think Calvert Lewin might be able to come back, mightn't he, in some way or, or another, even off the bench next week. Um, don't don't class yourselves having any kind of, of inside knowledge. It's just it's just a feeling that, that I'm getting that I can I can potentially see him on Richard Arsenal both being back for United game. That's just a feeling that that, that I've got. Um, I mean, my my thoughts on Rondon, I'll save them because I want to come on to in a minute at talking about. You know, fans. You know, the need for having for having patience, and that that goes. You know, for the, the having patience with the manager, having patience with with the players, um, having patience this season as a whole with the with the side. So that's that's going to be what we're going to discuss next after we just uh, have a quick break. So we'll catch you in a minute. Welcome back to the second part of the Unity Podcast. And we're, we're going to move on, like I said before the break, and have a, have a chat about the the need for patience. And it's going to be this is going to be definitely a discussion based on what obviously you both said about about Solomon Rondon just then. And 
I didn't skip in at the time because I think it's it sits really well with this particular part. And um, what, what what we've experienced, and the reason why I think it's it's important to have a chat about this in particular, is what we've experienced since the first defeat of the season against Aston Villa, and obviously losing that that cup game uh, to QPR on on penalties in the week. Is we we've we've started to see the um, the frustrations kick in. Uh, we've started to see you know a lot of inevitability about what people are, are now sort of putting out on social media in regards to the manager. Some people couldn't wait for us to lose a game to, to get on the manager's back. Um, every single time we, we lose a game, we've we, I, I find that we've got to, we've got to find the fall guy all the time. We've got to go and look to see whose fault was that, who could be blamed for this, who could be blamed for that. Now I know it's probably human nature, and every set of fans in the country will do exactly the same thing. I'm sure. But it's sort of, you know, I've got a comment on our club and, and our fans and what and what we do. And there's no worse place on earth than being on social media after Everton lose a game. Now, if we look at when we when we beat Norwich, obviously yesterday, even then we're looking at things for okay, who didn't perform, who didn't do this, who didn't do that. Now, the, the two players I'm going to bring up in this, one of them will be Rondon. Um, and I'll, I'll start with him to be fair, and the second will be will be Ben Godfrey. Now, Solomon Rondon, I'm, I'll, I'll throw it out there because you've mentioned it already in terms of he he's been brought in his back up to Dominic Calvert Lewin. Obviously, no one's sitting here, and Big Dunk said on top of his CV the other week, you know, he's certainly not Dominic Calvert Lewin. He's got different attributes. He's not going to be like for like. We know how good Dominic Calvert Lewin is, and when we haven't got him, we massively miss him. It's shown because he's. He's, he's developed so much in the last 18 months, two years or so. You know, the, the lad is a massive, massive miss now. And for me, he's, the, he's probably the first name on, on the team sheet because he's he's our he's our best striker. He's a massive, massive source of our goals. So we bring Rondon in, like Lisa. We had, we had a, a chat about it when he was signed and, and thought, you know, he's he's a big, strong lad. He's, he's in the air. Um, he'll definitely give us give us that um, when he gets his opportunity. Now. What's what's happened since he signed is Dom's got injured medium term, if we can if we can call it that. He was brought in, you know, without any kind of preseason, hasn't played for what four or five months. Uh, I think that that over the other day. Now that could be me hearing things, but I'm pretty sure I heard the manager the manager mention. Um so no preseason as such. His preseason is effectively now. He's having to play. He's just played three games in a week. Now I'm not sitting here saying Solomon Rondon is up in any kind of series because he's not. He's he's not been particularly effective. I think he's struggled with the pace of of all the games. There's certain things I think he's done okay. Um, I don't think he's been great in the air, like we said, and that's one thing that that I think he, you know, he he, he should be and will be good at. But he's he's had to play three games in eight days with no preseason, when really. He was brought in and he would have got sort of 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there to, to take the pressure off Dom and, and give Dom a bit of a rest at the end of, of certain games. And what we're what we're doing is we're we're looking at, well, okay, how poor's he been? And I think, well, let's let's just give him cut him a little bit slack, a little bit more slack than maybe we we um we should do in a way, because he's not he's just not played. So to come in and be asked to do that and to not be fit. No wonder he's gassing. No wonder his touch is off. No wonder he, he can't break his neck to get in the box. And yet it's frustrating because, you know, we see some of the balls that go in. I think it's someone that uh, tweeted that. Uh, Andros Townsend and Luka Dean attempted 16 crosses between them yesterday. We saw the one that Gray put in. You know, we we, we know that, that uh, when he says likes, likes us to put crosses in, especially if we've got Dom in there. So we know that that's going to be one of our, our go-to uh, go to tactics if you like, but the, the the thing with Rondon is, and he and he said it himself pretty much. He's trying to build his way up to fitness. He's probably about forty percent fit now. In my head, I see a lot of people saying, "Well, why aren't we starting Ellis Sims? Why aren't we starting Lewis Dobbin?" Well, the truth is because they're from the under twenty threes. Sims has had a had a, a pretty long term injury from the back end of last season when he was at Blackpool. He's had no first team football, no Premier League football. Lewis Dobbin, you know, he's even further behind his development, young kid. 
So why why are we sitting there saying these two players should come in and and, and they do a better job? Because we don't know, and that's not, that's not the way that you should be developing developing your players, in my opinion. So what I'm saying is, let's have a little bit of patience with with Rondon. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, he's he's not coming and hit the ground with him. But I get why he hasn't, and I don't get why we feel the need to to slag it, to, you know, to slag him off and give him a stick. And I see too much of it when I think we should be a little bit more understanding of a player's situation and predicaments and and you know give him a little bit of backing that's my opinion and you know f- feel free to to jump in and shoot me down but that's that's where I'm looking at it from and I think it's dead important that when a player does come in new club that he is backed and I've got no doubt in my mind it's not it's not going to score 10 15 goals but he get us five or six goals I think before the season's out I was of that opinion until I saw him live yesterday mate <laughs> not, not, but not, he's not played, to shoot your, but, but played, shoot your argument but he's down. played three games he's played three games in eight I days understand that. I when understand he should have been, that. He should have been playing probably totally. half an hour in eight days so totally that's, that's agree, the difference I totally agree and I agree with that we've asked him we've, we've pushed him and we've asked him but but either way you can still tell whether someone has got a touch you can still tell whether someone like can you know push defenders about a little bit things like that and and he was none of the above do you know what I mean? Like he, he really wasn't. Like I mean, there was times where um, we were just playing it into his feet, and 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 it was it was all over the show. I mean, there's a bit where the ball was whipped over from the right to the left. Luca Dean for me should have volleyed it, and he tried to cushion it into Rondon, and it just bounced off his shins. I mean, like I mean, you don't lose your touch. I mean, you know, if you're a professional footballer, yeah, fair enough. If, if you if you're coming back from an injury or you you, you haven't had a pre-season, then you you know you can play 20, 30 minutes. Fair enough. And if your touch starts going and, you know, you're asked to play 60, 70, 80 minutes, then fair you know, you can understand that. Um, but not not early doors. I mean, I, I was distinctly disappointed with him and the fact that, you know, under Rafa, we are maybe more direct uh, or we are certainly direct. The stats show that and, you know, you, the eye test tells you that when you go and see him as well. But, um, you know, for me, we, we therefore have to have a centre forward who's very capable of holding the ball up. We really do. I mean, you notice the difference when Dom plays because Dom's hold-up play more often than not is exceptional. Uh, he's, he's really improved with his bat to goal. Uh, he wins a lot of headers. We all know that because he's fantastic in the air and he hangs in the air. Uh, but also what Dom gives you as well is that if you flip it in behind, he runs the channels as well. And there was not one point at all, yeah, where, we, where Rondon was running the channels because he couldn't. Now, I can kind of semi-understand that because, you know, like you said, he hasn't got, he hasn't got matches in his legs, but I'd certainly expect his touch to be better. Um, and, and, and that's what disappointed me more than anything yesterday was the fact that if we are playing it into your son, just hold on to it. And if you can't hold on to it, get your body between you, you and the ball so you can win a free kick. You know what I mean? And, and he, he didn't do that for me yesterday. And look, like I said, look, at the end of the day, you, you, your point is extremely valid in terms of you know, what we're asking him to do. But it clearly, anyone there, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not to tell Rafa anything. I mean, he's been in, in the game a long time, but he should have brought Sims on after 60, 65 minutes definitely yesterday um, because at least he would have won a few more headers. He's a big lad. You know, he would, he would have roughed them about probably a little bit more than, than certainly Salomon did. How long is his deal, lads? Is he on a two-year deal? Yeah, it's a two-year deal, isn't it? Um, I think he was brought in on a on a two-year contract. I'll, I'll double-check as we speak. Um, but I think... <laughs> Even if we if we sort of fast forward to sort of to sort of next next summer, I think even think then that we we'd love to bring in another backup striker to, to Dom. I mean, he used to say that you know we we've got him in on on two years and and he's going to be here for two years. You know that might just just help to get the deal the deal over the line. Um, but you know what what are your thoughts, Michael? You're working with with Lee there in terms of. His performance yesterday. I think if you look at the, the three performances, so Aston Villa, uh, QPR, and then obviously the Norwich game, I think, and again, I'm not sitting here saying he was fantastic, I'm not sitting here saying he, he was a, a six out of ten. I can see that over the over those three games, he was better yesterday than what I saw against QPR and definitely what I saw against Aston Villa. But what, what do you do you think do you think we should be more patient with, with players, especially someone in, in his situation? Well, I think we're going to have to be, aren't we? I don't think we've got a choice. You know, he's here now, and you know, say he's here on a two-year deal or whatever. So at the minute, he's our he's our backup striker, isn't he? And yeah, he, you know, he's not 
he shouldn't be playing three games in a week, but he is. That's the you know the reality of the situation that we're in. But I've not seen anything from him. I'm not about to sit here and, and slag the lad off. It's not his fault, you know what I mean? I was reading a thing last week, I think it was Micah Richards, talking about players he'd played against, and he said Rondon was one of the toughest players he ever played against. Absolute handful. And yeah, he probably was, what, five years ago? There's a reason he's been out in China. Was anyone else in for him? Did anyone else show any kind of interest in bringing him back to the Premier League? Probably not. Again, it's not his fault. I don't... Yeah, he'll get up to fitness. You might see a bit more movement out of him. Well, I'd hope to God you would see a bit more movement out of him. But I don't, I don't think we're going to see any much more out of him. I don't know. I'd love to be wrong, but I'm not slagging the lads off. It's not his fault. You know, I just don't, I just don't see him as, as doing anything for us or any don't. Yeah, but he's, he has got a, he has got a two year deal. He's uh, his contract expires in June 2023. But again, as I say, it, it could be a case of he, he moves on in in the summer. But he's been brought in to do it to do a short term job because like like we said already with with the transfer window, you know, we know what we had in terms of, you know, money and uh what we could afford to do, what we couldn't afford to do. And it showed with, you know, our, our two best signs in in the last maybe couple of years have cost a total of one point seven million pounds between them. So mm. money isn't everything and, you know, doesn't tell the the, the true the true story. But just thing with him, I mean, his goal scoring record in the Premier League was half decent. It was of course he won in one in three in the Premier League or better than one in three. So you say that not a not a bad striker. You know, we're not seeing seeing the best of him. But I think to, to ask someone to come in without the preseason and to to start three games on the spin. I mean, he played the full ninety yesterday. You know, we played sixty or sixty five minutes in the other two games. That's a big ask for someone. And it's going to take its toll even early on in the game. Um, yesterday, Lee, you mentioned obviously his touch, his touch was off. It will take its toll because you, you know, you're coming in with probably heavy legs. You know, you, you, you're training all week. You played. This is your third game in in what eight days. It's a big, big ask for someone to come in and do that. And I just don't see the the, the reason why we we feel the need to to look at him and go right. Well, you know, he was he was poor. What's he off? What what's he offered? I can't see him doing anything. That's just my thing. I just think that when we when we win games, even more so than when we lose at times, you know, there's no need to look look at any any further. He'll know more than anyone that he's got much more to offer, and it's going to take a bit of time. And we just need to to, to remember, you know, what he's coming on the back of, and that it will take time. And in an ideal world, Dom's fit. He comes on ground on for ten minutes, you know, against Villa, ten minutes against uh, against Norwich. And we're probably not saying anything else about about him. We're probably not even thinking about Rondon. But because of the situation that the manager finds finds himself in from a selection point of view, he's had to throw him in. Um, it's tough. It's it's really, really, really tough for him, I think. And I'm going to be certainly giving the, the, the man the benefits of the, of the doubt. And, and I certainly hope that, that he can he can kick on and obviously become more effective. And I'm, and I'm sure sure that he will. Yeah, look, I can see why we brought him as a backup. You know, we, 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 we let's be honest, we we had absolutely zero zero suspend in the market, so he was trying to obviously find some bargains. And at the end of the day, he's better in the squad than having no one there at all. Um, but at the same time, you know, you know, could could we look at someone like Ellis Sims potentially to get a you know a bit bit more game time? I'm not saying Ellis Sims is the answer, by the way. Far from it. The Premier League's a massive step up, and um, we haven't seen enough of him. But you know. I just, I just, I, I was, I, I was very much unimpressed with the basics of the game from him yesterday. Hopefully, he changed my mind once he gets a bit fitter. Maybe we'll start to see him a bit sharper and everything else. But yeah, it did disappoint me. And it's kind of ironic comments, really, from Rafa because you know he got asked about Serge Aurier the other day, didn't he? And I think we we wouldn't do too bad at all, even just to give him a contract till the end of the season. Personally, Serge Aurier, if that was even available, you know, an availability for him, but. Rafa's like, no, no, we're not, we're not here in, we're not for the short term, we're in for the long term. I'm like, well, what's Rondon then? Because he's certainly not the long term. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was a bit of a contradiction of terms there for me with what he said in the presser. Well, I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's he's looking at the the time that he's here for. The the aim will be to get him players for the longer term, and, and Serge Aurier doesn't really fit fit that bill. And I think you'd, you'd pay. You know, with decent whack in terms of wages as well to get someone like him, him through the door. Uh, whereas I think the manager is satisfied that when Seamus Coleman's injured like he is at the moment, um, that he's got obviously Ben Godfrey and and Mason Holgate. You can, 
who can come in and and, and Ben Godfrey's another example of of this this patience, you know, and and the reason why I bring Ben Godfrey up, if this is not because I, you know I'm not seeing a lot of people criticizing Ben Godfrey. You, you do see some. I've, I've had one person in particular to you know who who feels a need to to send us a, a tweet every time Godfrey does something wrong in the game and and tell me how poor he is and how, and how he was poor last season and doesn't get doesn't understand all the hype around him and he's he's terrible as a centre half he's poor in the air his positioning's awful and and I don't get it. People, you know, don't live on the moon. You know, Ben Godfrey has suffered badly with COVID. Look at Ben Godfrey yesterday. We were saying before, weren't we, that how how gaunt his face actually is. He lost a lot of weight. He's, I think, the the manager said he's about seventy percent fit. You were saying before, Lee, um, which for someone like Ben Godfrey who relies so much as we know on pace and power, you know, to, to see him sort of losing a foot race with with Brandon Williams, and you know, he was. Um, he was off balance quite often. He's not not at the races. No one, no one's sitting here saying that Ben Godfrey has been has been great since he's come back. But he's he, he's had COVID. He's he's had a um, an illness which has just killed people. You know, unfortunately, and, and as horrific as that is, and just because he's a footballer doesn't mean he's immune from suffering badly from from this illness. And people need to understand how how much it can impact players. You know, Sam Maximan for Newcastle. Uh, Lascelles for Newcastle both suffered really, really badly last season. Out oh, for a long time, by the way. Now, uh, what's to say that he hasn't come back in Ben Godfrey maybe a little bit too soon? And he is suffering, you know, from a little bit of long COVID, and he, he's trying to work his way back, and he and he's trying to get his fitness back by by playing football. He's being asked to obviously play in a variety of positions yet again. Um, but Mike, it's not the Ben Godfrey of, of last season. But there's there's a reason for this, and people need to have patience when it comes to him, knowing that he suffered quite badly from COVID. Um, it's clearly impacted his, his weight and his fitness, and it's going to take time for us to see Godfrey back to what he was doing last season, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've all seen what the lad's capable of. Um, you know, we, we all, we're all hopeful that he's going to nail down that spot. You know, it was our first choice centre-half. You know, he was him at a shout at the England squad, wasn't he? You know, you don't know how much that's affected him either. You know, so close yet so far to going to a major tournament. Um, you know, we all know about the effects of long COVID, if that's the case. You know, he didn't look himself at all yesterday, even off the ball. You know, th- there was a corner there yesterday and he, he had his hand on his stomach. And I said I said to my dad, I said, he looks like he's ill. He looks like the illest chin was on the floor. He just didn't look himself. But as you say, it comes back to patience, doesn't it? You know, we know what he's capable of. You know, we know the potential he's got and the future he could have ahead of him. Of course, it comes back to patience, as you know, as you rightfully said, it's going to have to do with runs on as well. And even the, the manager, I suppose, as well. Yeah, we touched on the minds obviously last week in terms of you know when we lost our first game, I think people were quite keen to jump all over him and you know look you know look at his tactics and and what what he did wrong and and what have you. And if we know that the situation that the manager has has come to the club in and the situation that we were in in the transfer market and the fact that you don't win every game either, so it's it's going to take take a bit of time I think for for some fans to to maybe get used to him still being our manager. Um, I'm but, one of them. You know, I'm one of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. And and you know, even when we speak about him now, it's it, it's totally bizarre to actually think that he is our manager. And like you said at the at the start of the show, when you were last on, it was oh, Carlo Ancelotti, James Rodriguez, and you know, look look at look at the football at times we were playing, and how how we carved open Liverpool uh, in the Merseyside derby, and you know, fast forward seven months from then, or what have you. And we're talking about a, a former Liverpool manager as our manager. Um, Hamas Rodriguez has gone to Qatar. And we're, and we're bringing in sort of free transfers and, and low-value transfers in, in the transfer window. And, and that shows you how things have changed so quickly. But it is, yeah, it is, it is a massive change for, for, for many, many people. And, you know, he wasn't at the, at the top of our list to come in. He wasn't in probably my top 10 to come in. You know, we never would have even, even considered it. But he, he's there now. He's, he's had a solid start. I think I saw before we're on the same points as we were on at the same stage last season with with, it, with this the same goal difference. So it shows you it's a solid start. We could have arguably have won the Leeds game as well, which would have put us put us what top of the table, would it? Because uh, I think Liverpool top of fourteen, we're on thirteen. So it shows you how how well we've actually done with the limitations that we've got. 
um, and the injuries that we've had, you know, since since the season since the season started. Um, but you know, he, he's, you know, he's made he's made a good start, hasn't he? You know, and also we're seeing we've won our first three home games for the first time since 1989. I was reading before, but again, yeah. you've got to put everything in context, haven't you? You've got to look at the opposition. You know, those three home games, three of the current bottom five. I'm not sure we could have picked the better three teams to have played at home. So it is all about context. Um, however, on, yeah, you know, on the on the flip side of that, look at the games we lost at home last season. <laughs> Exactly. So that that's another way of looking at it. Is how, how many times in in the past have we we played against these lads? Whether it be you know not Norwich, Southampton, Burnley, um, and we've lost the game or not got three points. And and we all sat there when the fixtures came out and said, you know, we've look at our start there. We should we should win that game. We should win that game. We should win that game. Not as easy as that's Premier League football. So on any given day, any side can beat anyone. We and, and we know that ourselves. And we know how poor we were at home last season. We're all pretty convinced we wouldn't be as bad this season because obviously fans are back in, which is, is certainly helping helping us and helping other sides as well, I might add. Um, but, you know, yeah, it is it's obviously a good start. It is great for him to get three home wins on the spin the first time uh, since since obviously 89, like you say. But it's it's all about, all you can do is beat the sides that are in front of you. And, you know, we... Generally speaking, we, we've done we've done pretty well on that front since the start of the season, um, and that's that's all we can ask. And but again, when we talk about patience, it's important that okay, we've started pretty solidly. Let's not, you know, if we lose a couple of games, let's not lose our minds. Let's let's think about the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture. You know, it, it, it's a long season, and and we can we can evaluate better sort of halfway through the season and the end of the season. So don't lose your minds if if, if we lose a game. You know, is is probably the important thing. Take Look at the bigger picture. Look at the injuries. Look at suspensions. Who's available? You know everything like that. It, you've, you've got to look at things properly and, and and bear in mind that you know it's a it's a long season. Um, but I, I totally agree with that, by the way, Mike. And 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 thank God that uh, you know Twitter only represents a small microcosm of Everton fans, isn't it? Because if you went off Twitter, then um, you know it would be meltdown after every single loss. Um, I must admit, I'd be interested to see what you think, Mike. Actually, I must admit, Rafa has, you know, I'm, I was like you, very much on the fence when he came in. But I like the way he's come across in a lot of the interviews. Certainly post match, you know, he's 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 been very honest, which we all like as fans. You know, uh, particularly when you've had Roberto Martinez, obviously, everything was phenomenal. But um, <laughs> with with regards to um, to Rafa, I, I, I like the fact that he, that he seems to talk a lot about coaching and players improving. I really like that. I like the fact that he's very hands-on on the training pitch. You know, he's all he obviously he's, he's he's renowned for that, but he seems really keen on improving players and on and obviously want, wanting to get them to a higher level. And he's certainly a very good coach. And I think a lot of these players, you know, hopefully he's here for the the, the longer term. We can't be doing with an America round of managers again. But I think a lot of these players will improve under him. I really do, and and, and you can see that already in snippets. And they're only going to get better. And he alludes to that himself, doesn't he? Well, I hope so. I really do hope so. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan. I'm not I'm not going to pretend that I am, but I'm not going to come on the podcast and fill it with negativity either. I mean, I didn't want him. I still don't really want him. But he's you know he's you know he's Everton manager, and as long as he's Everton manager, I want him to do well. You know that that goes without saying. Uh, as I say, it's important to to look at the bigger picture. And you know we talk about the start. Let's not forget Sam Allardyce was unbeaten in his first seven games. You know I think Kuman was unbeaten in his first six. Marco Silva first five or six. You know, more often than not, a new brush does sweep clean, doesn't it? You know, with new managers. But listen, yeah, he has, he's made a very decent start. And, you know, with what's at his disposal, the, the, the injury problems we've had, he has made a very decent start. And let, let's hope it continues. I think the, the, the probably the, the, the more impressive thing in terms of the start for me is that, and I know as much as, as, as he brushed it off when he was, he was speaking to, I think it was Sky last week, um, he did come come in under a dark cloud. Let, let's get it right. Whether whether he, he thinks it was small or not, there was a lot of negativity. There, were, there was a lot of fans who didn't want him. The the lot of fans, like we've already said, who still find it hard to to actually you know um, have him here and and think of him as as Everton manager for one reason or another. So he did come in under a dark cloud. So I think that that shows the attitude of him and you know how how big his shoulders are. That. He's coming, and we've and we we have started well, and let, let's hope let's hope that that, that it can can, uh, can continue. But obviously, our first major major test for for me uh, comes at Old Trafford uh, next week, which we're going to discuss after this short break. 
Welcome back to the final part of the Unholy Trinity podcast, where we're going to look ahead to the difficult trip to, to Old Trafford next weekend. The, the first game, isn't it? The uh, the half 12 on, on Saturday. Um, and travelling to Old Trafford, which obviously this weekend, they uh, they lost a home to, to Aston Villa. Um, so Manchester United is certainly going to be going to be reading and, and looking to to obviously bounce back from from that at home defeat after making such a such a solid start this season. Obviously the return of, of Ronaldo is, is is a massive thing for them. Obviously getting Varane in at the back has seems to assure things up a little bit as well. Um so you know it's never you know a good sign to play to play a lot of teams. I think um going there against uh, a wounded Man United side is, is potentially more difficult than going there again against a, a side who's been winning week in, week in, week out. But, Mike, can we go there and, and get anything from the game, do you think? Well, I think you're right. There's never a good time. It's go to Old Trafford. It's always going to be tough going there. I've not had the chance to watch the highlights from yesterday, but I was surprised to see the results. I mean, look look at their bench yesterday. I mean, <laughs> any team that can bring Cavani, Jaden Sancho, Martial, even Jesse Lingard, if you've got players like that on the bench, you're going to cause everyone problems, aren't you? Um, you know, Mason Greenwood as well. I never mentioned him. He's really impressed me, Mason Greenwood. I think he's an absolute notcher. I think if you give him half the chance, he's, he's going to punish you. I think we're going to have our hands full, aren't we? I think it goes without saying Benitez will set us up to be hard to break down. We're going to have to be patient, aren't we, and take our chances when they come. I'd be, I'd be very surprised to see us go toe-to-toe with them at Old Trafford. Um, and one thing's for sure, if you get a penalty, lads, I know we'll be taking it. <laughs> and that was awful, that wasn't it? Absolutely <laughs> terrific penalty from Bruno. But that was it. That was his chance, wasn't it? He's off them now. That's it. Make, yeah. make no mistake. Ronaldo's on penalties, and I'm sure he'll get one next week. Um, but it's you know you look at that, like you said, obviously the the bench that they've got, the start eleven that they've got, that side should be pushing for the league title, in my opinion. You know the the quality that they've got available to them is. I, I think Solskjaer, if, he, if he's not sort of finishing top two, top three, then he's, he's not doing a great job, in my opinion, because um, they, they are so strong. But let's hopefully, I mean, if we, we've mentioned earlier on about me thinking in my own in my own head or in my own gut that I can see, you know, potentially Domin and Richardson being back fit for that game. Um, I think Seamus Coleman will be. He was spotted yesterday, wasn't he, in his tracksuit? There was a lot of uh, rumours that he could have been in the squad yesterday, but he was at, at Goodison Park. Richardson was at Goodison Park in a box. Jamie and a can. He took his did a shirt after the game, which was which was nice. Uh, number one fan getting his uh, his hero share, which was lovely to see. Um, but hopefully, Lee. I mean, it's going to be a, as I say, tough game. But let's let's hope we can see a couple of the lads lads return to to make it that bit more competitive. Yeah, it would make a world of difference if those two can come back uh, in any shape or form, to be honest. Um, we gave them a good game at their place last year. Um, obviously, it wasn't as good a, a good as something, but we gave them a real good game. And obviously, Don came up with a last-minute winner, didn't he? Uh, sorry, last-minute equaliser, sorry. Um, so, um, it felt like a yeah, winner, didn't it? It felt <laughs> like a winner, mate. It certainly did. It certainly did. Um, obviously, you know, it was a great game. That I mean, Hammer scored a lovely goal, didn't he? So, Side of his left foot, outside of his left foot. Um, but I won't talk about him anymore now. Let's forget it now. It's, it's history. <laughs> but um, but no, um, yeah, it will be a tough game. And um, as I said before, you know they'll be looking to bounce back. They've had, a, you know, they seem to have, they started the season pretty well. They had a, they lost the last minute to Young Boys, didn't they, in the Champions League? Um, and then it sort of caused a, a bit of a sort of spiral for them. They went out to to West Ham um, uh, in 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 the League Cup at home and then they've obviously lost to Villa uh, by the same result and I spoke to a good friend of mine actually who's a big United fan and, and I was asking him how they played and he, he just said that Villa were very impressive um, they, they nullified a lot of their threats and, um, and then ultimately his words were we didn't deserve to get a draw even at the end so that I mean that's reassuring to know um, surprised me Villa actually because they started the season really poorly and then I didn't think they were, they were that great against us to be honest thought you know we were starting to get on top of them around before they got that first goal um and then obviously they were able to bring on Bailey who, who basically proved to be the difference in the end you know you got a goal and assist in 20 minutes didn't they um but um yeah they've obviously you know that they're riding a bit of a wave since that result um and that's a good a great result for them to go there and win one nil um 
So it, it won't be an easy game. We know that. But I think I do agree with you, Mike. I think Rafa will set us up differently. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he if, if he goes, you know, packs out the midfield um, and, you know, and just makes us really, just really tough to beat. And then hopefully we can try and nick one uh, either on a counter-attack or, or, you know, potentially a set piece. But, um, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll really see uh, the defensive side of, of Rafa, the pragmatic side this this coming weekend, I think. Um, and obviously they've lost Shaw. It looks like he's a muscular injury for Shaw. That's a big loss for them. He's been a great left back for them the last sort of 12, 18 months. Maguire went off injured as well. So I just hope I just hope he's out as well because he always seems to play well against us. He, he wins every single header, doesn't he? Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be a tighter game than we think, I think. I really do. I think it'll be a tight game. Um, and as long as we don't concede early, uh, I think we'll be well in it with uh, hopefully 20 minutes to go. Yeah, you mentioned it being, being pragmatic. I can see the three centre-halves returning, to be honest with you. I think, I think we're going to see that. Like you say, sign pack the midfield. Um, whether it's a case of, you know, it all depends on, on the fitness of Dom, uh, whether we, we, we try and put a bit more of a, you know, I'd say Damari Gray, a bit more sensible, someone like that, because um, it's all going to be for us from an attacking point of view. It's going to be counter, isn't it, all the time? Um, and and hopefully, you know, the, the midfield is so important. They've they've got quality throughout. You know, you look, look you look at the the side that started yesterday. I mean, obviously Scott McTominay, I think, has come on leaps and bounds in the last twelve months. I think he's he's, he's decent, um, not frightened to put his foot in. Fred. It's all right. I'm not, I'm not totally blown away by, by, by Fred, but you, know, you just look at the bench, like you said already, there, Mike, and there's just so much quality that can come on um, and make things happen. The, the, obviously, the quick, whether it be Ronaldo, uh, Mason Greenwood, um, Lingard coming on, players like that, they are, they, are, they are dangerous. And it's going to be a tough task. It's going to be a big ask. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, obviously, we, we went there in pre-season and got absolutely uh, battered 4-0. But you know, different different side. Then obviously, Hamish was, was knocking around and, and played played a part in the game. Um, pre-season doesn't mean a great deal, but we we, we folded I thought quite quite easily in that game. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how how much more resilient and, and resistant we are against uh, you know United in the in the league. But interesting game, that's for sure. I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing how we how we do get on. Uh, but if we lose the game. I would be losing my mind. Is the is the important thing to take from it? You know, let's let's see how the lads get on, um, let's see who we go in there with from a, a personnel point of view, and and hopefully we can get something from the game. Um, but let's do our round of predictions. Mike, what are you saying? I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go one one. Slight optimism, one one. Certainly is, mate. Louis. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with a draw as well. Um... It'll either be nil nil or one one. So I, I will go with one one like Mike. I think I think we'll we'll score there. Um I do think they'll, you know, trying to keep Ronaldo quiet won't be easy. If you look at a lot of the goals he's scored for him so far, they've been very much poachers, poachers' efforts. He's really turned himself as he's got a bit older into sort of a you know, an out and out in Zagi type, and he um and you know, if you look at his movement, his movement is is exceptional, you know, and um as good as Cavani, Cavani's the same. You know, he showed it last year against us. His movement is just really cute. He's always seems to be one step ahead of the defender. So trying to keep him quiet will not be easy. Um, but hopefully, Yeri will be able to stick tight to him and rough him up and give him a few bear hugs like he did to, to Bamford <laughs> over at Leeds. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go one one, um, and I think um, we'll score on the counter attack through Damari Gray. Very very specific. Um... I, I'm, I, th- I think we'll lose the game without, without being too negative. I think, it's, I think it's a tough ask. I think it's not going to be a, a landslide that will dig by any stretch of the imagination. But I think I think 2-1. Um, but I think we'll give, we'll give a good account of ourselves. Like I say, I'm looking forward to seeing how we, we approach the game and, and what we can do against uh, you know, a side, like I said, who, who should be fighting for the, for the Premier League title. Make no mistake about it. So, tough game. Interesting game. Looking forward to it. Um, let's let's see what happens. Uh, but that's that's all for this week. Mike, really appreciate you taking some time out on a on a Sunday early evening to to chat about the Blues. Cheers, lads. I appreciate you asking me. Just like to point out as well, I've got a hundred percent record. I think I've been on four times after four victories. 
So long yeah, may I continue. Well, yeah. <laughs> now you now you said it. Now you said it. No, it's gonna go, don't we? Look at that one under, under your hat, I think. But we let, let's hope, let's hope so, let's hope so uh, that it's a. We're gonna have a, a, another Oviedo moment, mate. Yeah, Ron's on momently. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Yeah, I hope so. I, I could have won a few headers against Rondon. I don't think I've ever, I've ever won a header in my life. So um, uh, you, yeah. you you play with bloody cement boots on you. You can't jump. You've got absolutely no chance. I uh, don't need to jump, mate. You don't need to jump. It's all in the feet, son. But no, I'd have beat you in the air. That's how poor you are. <laughs> Very good. What, what, what a point! What a point! To, what a point to finish on. But yeah. that's us. That's us for this week. We'll be back next weekend to look back on the United game, and then unfortunately, it's another uh, international break. Uh, so another another couple of weeks off. But we will catch you next weekend. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.